Hello, basketball fans, and welcome to another edition of the Hoop Jack Podcast. Your host Christopher Armistead, and unfortunately, Jake is taking the time this week. Uh, he's got you know family business to attend to, but with Jake not here, have no fear. I brought in another brilliant expert of the game. Um, you guys remember him from our previous podcast. He's creator of For the Love of the Game podcast, Jalen Branch. Jalen, it's good to have you on the show. Man, it's good to be back, Chris. Glad to be back on Hoopjack, man. How you been? Good. Uh, how's the show been working for you? Oh, man, we're good, man. Steady progression every day. Just giving the most unbiased, factual takes you've ever heard. We talk the and, biggest names in the biggest games, and that's all we do it for the love of the game, man. And that's that's what y'all have to go for. Make sure, and guys, make sure to check them out at FTLOG, right? Yep. On Instagram, YouTube, everywhere. Make sure to check them out, guys. on all platforms. Underscore 24 on Instagram and TikTok. All right. And we have a lot to go into today, but we're going to start it off real quick with the NBA. Uh, a lot been going on so far. We ha- we're past the 10-game mark in the season. And looking at it conference-wise, it's interesting to see where teams line up uh, as far as the conference goes. Um, in the East, the top four spots right now are owned by Washington, Brooklyn, Chicago, and Cleveland. Okay. Oh. And that's in order. Okay. Right. Uh, the next, and then the next four, you have, uh, Miami, Philly, uh, the Knicks and the Hornets. Yeah. Yeah. And then the last two spots when because of the play-in tournament, we have Toronto and Boston. Mm. Milwaukee is looking on the outside uh, with a six and eight record. Yep. And I know it's early for Milwaukee to kind of uh, be down this this out, but do they really? I mean, are you expecting a lot this year after last season? Uh, from Milwaukee, definitely. I'm expecting a lot. What I'm not though is worried about the six and eight start. You know, they they. I mean, they won a championship last year, so now we can officially say they have championship DNA. But even though the Eastern Conference is stronger, right? Additions to the Bulls, additions to the Heat, right? I get it. But I still expect a lot from Milwaukee this year, a top three seed, because, I mean, you are the reigning NBA champions. You have the reigning finals MVP. You guys have the highest expectations of anyone on the East. It should be. I know the Nets still have high expectations, but technically the champions, we shouldn't let them off the hook. Now, them being the 11 seed, I mean, 15 games into the season, that's no panic. But they do have high expectations this year for me. Okay, I get what you're coming from. What is one of the teams from the list who is in the top 10 that's a little bit of a shock that you're surprised that they're in that high of, you know, the record is really good right now? Uh, Definitely the Cavs. I know some people say the Wizards, but I actually love the move that the Wizards made. Now, I didn't see them being 9-3, and three, of course, but I, 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 I didn't think they were going to be bad. It's definitely the Cavs for me. Um, just looking at the Cavs and seeing they're nine and five, which is not all that great, but it's it's a huge step from where they've been in past years and previous years. So I would have to say the Cavs on that one. What about you? I think it's interesting where they're at, considering I think the only big name that they have on that big names that they have on that team is 
Sexton and Jared Allen. Right. So it's surprising how well they're working early. But like you said, it's early in the season. They've passed, you know, they're almost to the 15 game mark, getting close to 20, close to the Thanksgiving break. It's it's if they can hold it, I see them as a play in team. But they're a surprise right now with a nine and five record. Right. And because and like you said, Washington is another uh, head scratch for me. But like you said, they made great offseason pickups. They re without, you know, they reevaluated everything. They had to make sure that everything was being taken care of on that end and not, you know, instead of being at the bottom where the magic are or even Detroit is at three and 10, three and nine. Right. So, so so real quick. um, I also want to say, I don't even know if I have the Cavs. I mean, I see a potential play in game, but I do see the teams who are honestly from five to 11, right? With that being the heat, the 76ers, the Knicks, the Hornets, the Raptors, the Celtics and the Bucks. I do seeing a lot of those teams having a better season than the Cavaliers. I think I think the Cavaliers are off to a hot start. I don't think it's sustainable though. I don't, I don't think it is either because, like you said, Philly is working their way around Ben Simmons and whatnot. New York is they still have a great team. They they didn't really change from last year, but yet again, Julius Randle's doing the best that he can. Right. Uh, the Hornets, you know, it's early. You got young talent in LaMelo Ball and Mikhail Bridges. It's who knows what could happen throughout the season. Toronto with Pascal Siakam and Fred Van Vliet, you know, they're trying their best. And Boston, it is a slow start from uh, uh, Jalen Brown mm-hmm. and um, Jason Tatum. So we'll have to see what happens there. And like you said, the returning – and you had the returning champs, you know, they're, they are high expectations. In my opinion, I, I don't because, and to be fair, they weren't really projected to go to the finals. Had KD not, you know, had three inches on his foot, right? he would have had the three and the Nets would be in the finals. So Definitely. Definitely. I think, you know, like I agree, you know, they're expected to make the playoffs, but to win again after, you know, the team that they have, I don't see them as, you know, title contenders yet but we just have to wait to see when playoff time comes yeah and then shifting our gear to the west um it's no secret right now the the warriors are playing beautiful basketball Mm. with an 11 and 2 record sitting atop the western conference then you have phoenix denver dallas utah the Clippers, then the Lakers, yep. then the Grizzlies, the Trailblazers, and the Thunder at the 10 spot. Now, the Warriors, I did not expect them to get to a hot start. But yet again, I think people have forgotten how Steph Curry was the only unanimous MVP in NBA history. Right, right. And without Clay, we've seen him pull pull the Warriors out from unbelievable deficits. Yep. I think people are forgetting that, you know, he is still MVP caliber. Now, I'm pretty sure, you know, with the teams that are there, they can sustain top four in the West, even top three. But would you would it be early to say that Curry could be the MVP this year? 
Uh, not early at all, mainly because mainly because he had a strong case for it last year, but they didn't have the record to really back it up. Last year, he played some of the best basketball he's played since his unanimous MVP year. But since they were what was, like the A seeders, I know that you know in the playing game. Yeah. So the record, you know, it's really hard to win MVP like that. If you could sustain a top record in the West and play high level basketball, which they're doing. It's it's not too early. We because we've seen this movie before. We've seen this happen. We've seen him sustain this level of play plenty of times. And I think people underestimate the the factor of time. Right? You got some of your second year guys back who weren't as polished as they Jordan Poole, right? Who weren't as polished as they were the year before. Damian Lee, guys like that. Then you also brought back Iguodala, right? A veteran presence, a guy who knows Draymond and Steph Curry and Klay Thompson like the back of his hand so now everyone is learning how to play together so maybe 11 and 2 is surprising but them being a top team in the west is is not surprising so with like you said they picked up acquisitions and great players they not only they also picked up the son of probably of the glove yeah and gary payton the second so a diamond in the rug with his play and I talked to this Jake last time because he's a rookie this year. It's going to be tough for him to get rookie of the year. But would you consider him an uh, for an all rookie team if the if his play continues like this? Yes, as long as it continues like this. I think right now nothing to, nothing to back him. It's it's early, right? But he's he's playing amazing basketball right now on both ends of the floor. But if he continues this level of play, yeah, like you said, rookie of the year is a little hard, but all rookie first team, definitely. Yeah. Rookie of the year would be hard considering if you're on the same team with the top team in the West and right. Curry, if Curry becomes MVP, rookie of the year would be tough case. Right. I mean, but unless he was to up his numbers, just meaning because he's a very solid player. He does good things on the basketball court, but it doesn't always pop up in the stat sheet. So rookie of the year is kind of a numbers game, right? You know, it's kind of like the glitz and glamour. And he has a very like dirty, rugged game that's maybe not going to always pop up, but it'll have multiple stats in multiple categories. Right. And another interesting point this year with all the acquisitions that the Lakers made, they're sitting at eight and six. They're sitting number seven around the middle, close to the middle of the pack in the West. Is it too early to hit the warnings warning button on the lakers considering with the stars that they have and not really any youth or young talent to proceed proceed them should the lakers organization be worried not only this year but the following years after see that's the one that's a little tough but only because it's a little bit of a catch-22, right? You got some good, you got some bad. The good is Carmelo Anthony is playing amazing basketball for you right now. You have a bright spot. Uh, Anthony Davis, a great game against the yesterday, but he's a little up and down. The bad part is LeBron is injured, but also it could be the start of the season, so he could be milking it a little bit. That is a possibility. Um, but the problem a little bit is Russell Wilson. I mean, oh, man. <laughs> Russell Westbrook. <laughs> is Russell Westbrook, right, fitting into the offense? 
numbers, right? Everything you see, he's having good numbers, good box scores, but he's turning the ball over at a very high rate. So I think they need to find where Russ is going to come in and fit in and balance it all together. So the panic button, I don't know. Maybe maybe let's get a little deeper into the season before I do that. But it, But there are questions. There are definitely questions. Okay. And what is one team in the West that you're kind of shocked with their record right now? And could it be sustainable or is it kind of going to wash out here by the end of the season? Uh, The West is a little different, mainly because when I look at this list, I don't see too many surprises. I see the top nine, at least, are teams who were like in the playoffs slash play in but i think it's the suns i think the suns are at a silent nine and three right no one's really you know paying too much attention to that but they're doing exactly what they did last year and just like winning games staying under the radar i feel like they're out of the two teams that went to the finals last year i think they are actually the one who has less expectation i do i think because they played all injured teams and and then they were up 2-0 and lost so i feel like there's no expectations on them but they're sitting at nine and three uh same record as golden state in their last 10 both sitting at eight and two so i think i think it's got to be the suns okay that's a fair point uh so that's switching gears real quick we're gonna go from uh to stats to the line this week so this week we have a lot of interesting games going on. What is one game that you want to, uh, especially this week, that's one to watch for? One that'll catch our eyes. This week, man. Because in my opinion, I have tomorrow on uh, TNT. We have the Warriors versus the Nets. Yeah. At 7:30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, that I feel is going to be a really good. What could be a NBA Finals, a pre a look into the NBA Finals this year. Yeah, definitely a little look inside. Um, I, I like that pick. I think I think there's definitely going to be an improvement from the last time we've seen them, which last year the Nets beat up on them every time opening night, right? But considering the Warriors' hot start, and then we got the Nets still finding their way through there. I think that's a good one. But I also like the Lakers and the Bucks. I, That's I like a good matchup Lakers. too. I like Just, the Lakers and the Bucks on Wednesday. Yeah, it's a good matchup right there. And then you also have um, I see Nets and Cavs. You know, two teams in the top four, five, top four fighting for you know top of the East. Uh, but other than that, you know, some good uh, cross conference matchups throughout the week as well. Warriors, Just to see Cavs, where everyone's going. Yep, just to see where everyone's at. So we got a lot of good NBA games this week. A lot of talent to see what's see what's going on, and hopefully this season will be some surprises in there as well. And shifting gears, we're gonna take a quick left turn and go to college hoops, where and the last time we had talked to col- uh, about college hoops, it was the preseason. We waiting to see what was gonna happen. Um, and Gonzaga, you know, no surprises. They lost the national title this year, but we're AP, they're AP top 25 right now. It's Gonzaga, UCLA, 
Kentucky. Uh, no, I meant Kansas, Michigan, Villanova, Purdue, Duke, Texas, Baylor, Illinois. Are with uh, college basketball looking uh, different now because of the NIL. Um, what's your take with college athletes and the NIL policy and how could it affect the world of college sports? I think it could affect it in just a simple way that we're either going to see kids play harder or play quote unquote smarter, right? And I think we talked about this one of the times when I was on just about like, depending on how your season's going individually, will will you play in some of the um, end of the season games that may not be the tournament, right? You don't make it to the tournament, do you feel, do you still finish out the season strong? Now, are we having injuries? Like, do you remember when Zion got hurt his year? He hurt yeah. his year. And everyone was like, bruh, do like, everyone was like, do not play again, right? He came back, they beat North Carolina in that game. He, he had a monstrous game, and he continued to play. But now we're going to see if a kid has an injury, maybe to the knee or the ankle, just something that could be severe since they're getting paid and, and, the NBA is the next step. We're either going to see kids take the money and just kind of sit their season out or they're getting paid. So it's like a profession. Will they continue to go harder? I think that's the question. Um, as far as college basketball, I'm going to always go for KU, go Jayhawks. So I, I like that. So one of the interesting things that I saw this week, team of the week is actually the number two Bruins. And based on – and. UCLA looked every bit of national national championship uh, contender this week okay. uh, with Johnny Jazang and Jamie Yaquez Jr. Mm-hmm. creating issues all night against the Wildcats when they played Kentucky and Tiger Campbell being his steady clutch self at the point guard spot. Do we see a title heading back to uh, UCLA where they've had so many great runs with, you know, Hall of Famers now in the NBA and great coaching in, uh, in Woodson. You know, does UCLA bring back the title? And even guys like Kevin Love and Westbrook, do we see guys work like that to bring back the title to UCLA? Yeah, I think the title is possibly going to go back to the, the two teams who reached the Final Four, right? With that being either UCLA or Gonzaga. I feel like it is looking that way. UCLA was literally a miracle away from going to that championship game when Jalen Suggs hit that long what, half, half court, court shot yeah half court so the the Bruins were well on their way and then Gonzaga just got overpowered in the national championship game right but reloaded ready to come back I think it's a it's a head-on collision I think that's what it's looking like to me Gonzaga and, one, and UCLA and one of the interesting things I also saw was the win of the week and one of the big games this week the, the last week was Duke versus Kentucky, and Duke came out on top 79-71. Is with Coach K, this is his last year, and I talked about this with Jake. Would it be a not only Cinderella story, but a write-off into the sunset if Coach K wins the title in his last year? Oh, a write-off into sunset, similar to when Ray Lewis did it with the Ravens, right? Football. So just similar to like guys being in that position for years and years and they've won before but there's no better way to do it than your last year so definitely a ride off in the sunset 
it would be probably one of his greatest achievements. Mind you, mind you, I'm just speaking, right? I'm not, I don't know, you know, he didn't say that. But just to think about it, that if, I think the last time they won is when they had Tyus Jones and uh, Justice Winslow and those guys. Can't remember that class, but Quinn Cook was on that team. Um, so that was that was years back, though. So to win it on your last year, no, that's ideal. That's ideal. And some of the more uh, startling uh, stats for the week, everyone uh, teams to be kind of worried right now. Um, one of the things I saw was most of the Atlantic 10, uh, quote, one week into the season, just five of 14 teams in the Atlantic 10 sit without a loss. Those defeats include Manhattan over Fordham, UC San Diego over George Washington, Sacred Heart over LaSalle, UMass Lowell over Dayton with Richmond, VCU, Dickens, and UMass all suffering double-digit losses. Mm. Uh, some other teams that are struggling include the Pittsburgh Panthers. They've had they started with a 15-point loss to the Citadel opening night, as well as the Hoyas. Uh, it was only eight months ago after Patrick U- that Patrick Ewing's Hoyas won the Big East tournament and went to the Big Dance, but they opened this season with a nine-point loss home loss to Dartmouth. Uh. So, with teams struggling to start going in, what are some of the interesting Cinderella stories you kind of would want to see? Like, with teams who have reached the tournament in the past, what would be a great team you would want to see reach the tournament great team i would want to see reach the tournament well one like we just spoke on the cinderella story duke would be ideal right if you're in for that i really even wanted duke to win when they had rj and zion right just so those freshmen everybody knew they were leaving just so they could get a championship but also i missed the time when georgetown was a powerhouse college Mm -hmm. right Right, so I wouldn't mind seeing them get back to playing basketball. I get they won the Big East, but they used to be a powerhouse. We're talking NCAA tournaments and really competing for things. So I wouldn't mind to see Georgetown, but always the Jayhawks as well. So I will go those three. See, I would go UConn because UConn is always with when Kemba was there and Shabazz Napier, they were not top, you know, 25. They were not, you know, regarded yeah. as they were going to win it. And once it came to the tournament, they brought everything and managed to win out of nowhere. Yeah. I want to see, you know, and Vill- Villanova is that silent top team always. where you don't hear about them until the tournament starts. They're always the silent killer. Jay, what what is the coach's name? Jay, um, is it Billis? No, uh, what's his name? I know, I know you're thinking about. I don't right, know. Right, but but the coach does a great job over there all the time, right? And they even produce good quality players. You can see a lot of their players transfer into the NBA, and they're actually really well-rounded players. So they're always a good school. They're always going to be a dark horse because they don't. To me, they're like they're like equivalent to the Spurs of the NBA. I think that's a good comparison. And one other team that I enjoy watching is always Loyola Chicago, and yeah. the fact that you know Sister Jean is pretty much helps that team through everything. Never know what you're gonna get. Never know what you're gonna get. So 
hopefully this will be a really good college basketball season. And like I've said before, with all of our uh, Hooper profiles that we've done over the college athletes, I want to wish you guys good luck this year. I hope to see you all around, you know, if y'all come to the 757. I would love to see y'all play. I would love to talk with y'all. You know, I hope y'all are doing okay out there with your season. Um, and we'll be uh, we'll be right back with more Hoop Jack, guys, as we have our one-on-one Hooper profile with Manhattan U men's basketball player Ant Nelson. So stay tuned. Welcome back to the Hoop Jack Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. And today for our one-on-one Hooper profile is Manhattan U men's basketball player Ant Nelson. Ant, it's good to have you on the show. Thank you for having me. So you started basketball playing in New York, right? Yeah. So what was it what was the culture in the basketball like realm like growing up in New York? Because I know that's one of the big hot spots for basketball. I mean, for me, um, I didn't really start playing organized basketball until like eighth grade. So growing up I was just like basically playing in the park, just going outside, waking up, playing in the park. That was like my everyday routine. If I wasn't in school, I'll go to the park. And even after school, I'll go to the park. And then once when I got, got to middle school, like my last year, eighth grade, I just started like uh, playing with an AAU program called NYC Wizards. And that's when I, I really started getting into organized basketball. So you played your AAU time with the New York City Wizard, the Wizards? Yeah, that was my first ever AAU team. And then you eventually played for the New York Lightning, correct? Yeah. So what was kind of that like being a part of that circuit and being able to play against other players from either the same state or even from a different state? Uh, playing with New York Lightning was fun. I played with already uh, new just because of playing in New York and just different basketball tournaments. Uh, EYBL was definitely a good experience, but like that helped my game a lot. And uh, being a part of the EYBL, what are, what are some of the places that re- you were able to go to because of that? Uh, I believe we went to Atlanta, uh, Indiana. Where else did we go? I think I went to Houston. I went to a, a couple places because I played with New York Lightning two years, for two years. So you go to four different locations. Different so it's four different locations. So I went like eight different to eight different states mm-hmm. during those two years. So it's good to hear that that team kind of helped you grow your game a little bit. And then when you got to high school, you were playing for South Kent High School, which is in Connecticut, correct? Yeah, yeah. And what was it like playing for South Kent High School? Uh, it was different playing there. Uh, just even going to school there because. It was like an all boys school. I had to wear a uniform, and it was just like a whole lot of structure there. I wasn't really used to having that much structure, especially at, at that young of an age. So, so South kind of different. So South Kent High School was basically like a prep school. Yeah, it was a prep school. So but yeah, it was different. Uh, we had a, um, a college coach at the time, Coach Bill Barton. He was a he was a real real uh structured coach like he didn't tolerate anything so you just had to make sure you were doing all the right things that's good to hear 
and then the hard work that you put in, you initially made your decision to go to Seton Hall. And what was that process in making that decision to start your college career at Seton Hall? Oh, it was a tough decision. Um, my final five schools were Dayton, West Virginia, Clemson, Minnesota, and Seton Hall. Um, ultimately, I wanted to to try to get a, try to get away from home for a little bit, but then it was just something in my head telling me like just stay close to home, not too close, but where my family will still be able to like travel to come see me play and stuff like that. So I just chose C and Hall, and then with the assistant coach Shaheen Holloway, where he took another job, head coaching job, the year I was supposed to come in. And I believe it was your the end of your sophomore year. You made your decision to transfer to Manhattan U, correct? Yes. So I'm hearing that one of the decisions was you wanted to be closer to home. Was there any other decision to? Deciding to transfer to Manhattan. Oh uh, yeah, during like throughout my sophomore year, like towards the end of my sophomore year, I was in like playing a lot, so you know that like messes up your your, your confidence and it messes with you because like you're looking forward to playing, the game comes and you just don't get in, so that messed with my confidence a lot, messed with my mental a lot, and I used to just have talks with my family. It was mainly my grandfather, like he'll come to my games and then he'll just tell me like. You got to go where you want it and where you're needed. So, like, uh, the COVID, COVID had hit, and now I just got, like, a lot of downtime. And then my grandfather gets COVID, and he ends up passing away. So when Mahan called, and they were just, like, telling me, like, we want you really bad. We need you. It's our plan for you. In my head, I was like, yeah, this is, like, a no-brainer. Like, this is something my grandfather would like. So, one, I'm sorry for the passing of your grandfather. I know I've been there. I know how hard it can be to kind of lose a loved one like that. Yeah, for sure. And second, uh, my question is, like you were talking about with the pandemic and everything, how much of it mentally did it affect you and how were you able to kind of not let it hold you back? Because I know with what you've been saying, it's hard to kind of, with COVID happening, not being able to play, plus losing a, a really close family member, I get it. It can be tough to kind of want to get back out there. But how were you able to handle it? Um, I really wanted to finish out the year, to be honest. Um, I felt like I was, like, working myself back into, like, some minutes going into our uh, Big East tournament. Some type of rotation. And then once that hit, I guess I was just like, like, it is what it is. In my head, I was like, am I going to stay? Am I going to go? I just wasn't really sure. So I, don't, I feel like I feel like that, that much downtime, it helped my mental. Yeah, so, and it's also good to hear that you wanted to play closer to home with Manhattan. You know, I, I can always, I can tell that, you know, family means a lot to you Yeah, and you want to be close. And I really respect that as a person and know that it can be tough to want to go away from family. But for the time being, I feel like you made the good decision in being close to them. Yeah, for sure. 
And with your time in Manhattan right now, uh, what's it like playing for head coach Steve Masiello? I'm I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Yeah, you are. Um, so what's it like playing for him? Uh, it's fun. He's challenging at times, but we have like a good relationship on the court and off the court. So it's just like you take whatever he tells you because you know it's for the better. So it's definitely fun playing for him. Our coaches staff, we have like staff, we have two uh, Mac uh, championship players on our coaching staff, and Rayshon Stores and, and Tyler Wilson. We also have um, Coach Paget. Scott Paget played in the NBA for nine years. So, like, our coaching staff is fun. So, I just, I, I love this program. And that's good to hear um, that you found a program that you love and that really respects you as a player and as a student athlete. Yeah, sure. So what are some of the goals that you have this season, uh, whether it's individually or team aspect? What are some of the goals that you uh, want to achieve this year? Ultimately, I want my team, to, me and my team to come out on top. So I want to win a MAC championship. I want to go to the tournament, try to win some games in the tournament. And for myself, I just want to see myself grow. Uh, I feel like the more I grow, the more I can help my team. So I don't really have any, like, goals for like awards or anything as long as I like feel like I'm helping my team I'll feel good about myself and I respect that you know it's a team sport you want everyone to make sure they're given 110 percent no matter what yeah, and being sure. on their back for them and my last question to you advice would you give to a high school hooper wanting to play at the college level uh, I would say don't worry about the level you play at I would say go where you're wanted, go where you're needed. That's some advice my grandfather gave me, and I feel like that advice helped me a lot. Because as soon as I myself, like, maybe I should have came here first. And then if I wanted to try something new, go transfer somewhere else. But I will just say, like, just go where you're wanted and go where you're needed. And you'll feel that as soon as you, like, get into the process. I think that's some great advice for any athlete wanting to kind of make sure that they have their back and you know they they feel appreciated no matter where they are. So because yeah, I feel like where where a lot of guys mess up is they want to go SEC, big twelve stuff like that, where you might you you're you're talented enough to play at those levels, but where you might dominate is probably. A10, Big East, stuff like that. It's like a little conference under you or something. Right. And I get what you mean. So thank you, Ant, for coming on the show. Um, and I actually want to say, uh, I was looking at for your next game. You actually, you guys, you you guys play uh, ODU on Monday night at yeah. ODU. So yep. good luck to you. Good luck to you for that game. Thank you. Um, and guys, make sure to check him out and the rest of the Manhattan U men's basketball program this season. Looking forward to seeing what you guys do this year. Thank you. Appreciate you. No problem. All right, guys, we'll be back with more Hoop Jack, so stay tuned. And we're back, guys. I want to thank Ant for coming on the show. And, guys, make sure to check him out and the Manhattan U Jaspers men's program this season. Looking forward to see how they do. And my wishes to Ant on a successful season for him this year. And now we have gotten to our fun little segment. And 
Jalen, I'll tell you a little bit about it. It's our Dano's Lost and Found segment. So being that I work in the school, you know, there's always a Lost and Found section where kids are losing jackets, backpacks, books, you know, everything. Shoes. You could lose anything. And sometimes they're lost and they're never found or finally they're finally found by the kids and they're like, oh, it's been months since I've lost this. Well, duh, it's been here the whole time. And working with Dano's, you know, Dano's seasoning, really good, tasteful seasoning, going chicken, beef, you know, whatever you want. It's delicious. I love it. And we can all vouch for it. It's yum, yum, good. Um, But Jalen, I understand that you have to uh input on some players or a team that's lost right now so who's who's lost right now in the nba all right man so so my guy who's lost i'm going to tell you and if it's not good i have another one right but my guy who's lost i'm gonna go russell westbrook I understand he's sitting at 19 points a game nine rebounds sitting at about eight assists i get the numbers sound amazing but this season he's also averaging five and a half turnovers in through the last five games he's averaging 6.6 which is a little which is six and a half right so he's had I, i said this earlier literally in the show he's had amazing numbers but if you watch the games he looks rusty he looks like he doesn't fit he had a good game against charlotte i believe that was a couple weeks back a couple games back and he really played amazing and he's racking up triple doubles but you're seeing he's, he's roughly at about 19 points or about 14 points is kind of his range. And it's coming off a of volume of shots that typically you should have more than 19 or 14 points. So yeah. I would say Russell Westbrook is a little lost. A little. I can agree with that because it's not it's been a slow start for him on the Lakers. And who knows what could happen the rest of the year. Hopefully he'll find it soon. Right. I think and, he's a little lost. And, and, and found um, Jordan Poole. Definitely. Really? Jordan, Jordan Poole. I think Jordan Poole was a good shooter in Michigan, right, back then. I think last year he, he did not do much. He didn't do anything that predicted him to be at 17 points a game. Um, so I think the, the he's had a huge jump from his career. He's usually averaging about 11 points in the game. Uh, the play-in tournament was at like 14, and now he's at a he's at 17 through 13 games, and and it could easily go up with Clay not being there. He could be a 20 points per game scorer that was not really expected to be there. Right, and I and I understand that he's he's been doing a lot better so far, and can't wait to see what expectations you know what else he can provide this season, um, his shooting wise. Yep. Who you got? So, my loss is, you know, still, I've talked about him so many times. It's like, you know, saying Voldemort or even Beetlejuice three times. But it's um, Ben Simmons. And he's lost because I feel like he's taking advantage of, and this is my opinion. I don't know if people want to agree with this or not. But I feel like he's kind of taking advantage of an issue that actually affects millions of Americans and its mental health. Yeah. I think he's taking advantage of it because he doesn't want to feel like he's at fault. He doesn't want to feel like he's done anything wrong. He doesn't want to admit that, you know, his game is not good. 
So he's blaming it on mental health. But I mean, when you're an athlete at that caliber and you're in a spot to play the best you can, but you're not showing it, it's not really a mental health block that's not putting in the effort. That's not working together as a team. Right. So it could be my opinion where I could be wrong. Maybe he does have a mental health problem and we're ignoring it. But I also think it's he, the fact that he wasn't getting paid while not coming to camp and he's still being fined because he won't participate. I think the yep. reason that he's talking mental health is because, well, if I go along with this, then I still get my money. Yeah. So I was actually going to say, I think he's taking advantage of the mental health, but because he doesn't want to play for the Sixers. I think that bridge is broken. Right. And I, I don't think he wants to play. So if there is an excuse that can get him out of playing, it would be that. Right. And that's the route he would take. Right. And it's sad because, you know, they're actual people suffering with mental health who I, and I would personally love how much money he's making right now through this. Right. Right. That would take away all my mental health problems is that money. Yeah. But, well, you know, I think um, I don't want to say he doesn't. I'm not, I don't want to say he's not struggling with mental health, but I want to say that he doesn't want to be there for that team. Right. And that's something that can prevent him from from playing. So that's what right. I was so it'll just be time to tell what'll happen with him and that organization. And my one team or player that's found is um, Cole Anthony. Oh, yeah. Good pick. I think the recent work that he's done with Orlando. Now, I know Orlando's struggling. You know, they're a, ever since, you know, the expected, though early 2010s you know they weren't a good team they haven't been that good since about a decade ago but i think with franz wagner and cole anthony they're and jalen suggs they're trying to you know make that team work and cole anthony becoming the leader on that team he's getting buckets he's averaging over i think at least averaging over 15 points a game. Yeah. And RJ Hampton's over there as well. Uh-huh. So uh-huh. they got uh, they got something going where if it they, you know, work with it, they can become a good team. I'm not going to say a top yeah, you know, no. six team, but they'll be, you know, top down the line. They'll, they'll be in the they'll be in the playoffs. Yeah. It'll just be, you know, how they manage those that young talent that they have so well who knows we'll see and then our last part of the night we always like to do this our little mindful moment where we just like to talk about what's going on in our lives and you know what what we can inspire on you guys without you know kind of crossing a line so my little uh jalen what what's what's on your mind what's your mindful moment mindful moment um What's been going on that I could say, man? Something. Uh, let, come back to me. What you got, man? I'll see. Uh, so my mindful moment is um, try not to being and being a college athlete. I've learned that you know, no matter where you go, you know that 
you've made it to a point where others haven't. Like, no matter if you made it D1, D2, D3, NIA, JUCO, that you've made it further than a lot of other people have. And it's 7% of athletes are able to play college athletics. So the interesting part about that is no matter what has happened, if you were able to play at college athletes, no matter what, you've done something that 93% of other people haven't been able to do. Right. You were part of that top percent. Definitely. So I think that was great you said that because I have something that can piggyback right off of that. And I would say be present wherever your feet are. Right. And that just means wherever you are currently, wherever your feet are at that time, just be focused on that phase or that time or anything. Don't be worrying about why you aren't here or where you could be or anything like that. Just be focused on whatever task or whatever phase of life you're in now and just wait until you're present in your next phase to to worry about anything else. Take it day by day. Be present wherever your feet are. That's my mindful moment. I think those some good words to say and good words to hear and that's it that's it for another episode of hoop jack guys i want to thank jalen for taking the time to come on the show and guys make sure to check him out it's f-t-l-o-g for the love of the game yeah appreciate you for having me man it's good to be back it's always good to talk hoops with you and yeah man youtube f-t-l-o-t-g the acronyms are for the love of the game Instagram and TikTok is FTLOTG underscore 24. That's where you can find me out on everything. All right. And, make, and guys, make sure to check them out. And we got another episode coming out Friday. We always like to put out two a week. Um, I will talk next week or the week after about what our plans are for the holidays. Um, so I will let you guys know on that. Um, but make sure to check out the channel. Make sure to support however you can to not only myself, but for Jalen and for the love of the game, make sure to check out our link tree for Dan of seasoning link. Make sure to use code HoopCheck at the end and make sure to just come out and support. We always love to hear your input, feedback, how you love the show, what we can do to improve. And again, if you ever want to be on the Hooper profile segment, hey, we don't judge. We don't care who you are. We just want to hear your story. We'll, and we want to tell your story. So if you guys want to be a part of it, just shoot a message. Um, And don't be a bystander. Be a hooper and keep balling. Peace. Peace.